Welcome to Life on My Terms, a podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and take charge of your life. In the podcast, I sit down with experts in health and wellness, all the way to relationship, career, and life advice. My goal for each episode is to empower you to be your best self, become 1% better every day, and achieve everything you want in this thing called life. You can do this. Now it's time to believe in yourself and build your life on your terms. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Life on My Terms. I'm your host, Amy Mongeta. We are back. Um, Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to remind you that the first cohort of group coaching is going to begin towards the end of May. And so if you want to be on that list, um, go to the show notes and join the list. That is key. And if you haven't read my book, The Path to Break Free from Burnout, I think it is just such a helpful resource. And I'm finding that with feedback, folks telling me that this is like a resource that's going to help them do the work that needs to be done. So whether you're in burnout now or you just want to avoid burnout, learn to manage stress better, stop chasing busy, whatever it may be, um, this is the book for you. It is a great easy read. I tried to make it that way because I think sometimes when we're reading books that are supposed to be helping us, uh, we are like, wow, this is a little bit more complicated than I thought. So this is super simple read, actionable. Um, You can connect with that book as well in the show notes. So today I am really excited to be chatting about this topic. Um, coping mechanisms and digging into them a little bit, understanding coping, how we cope with stress, looking at what's healthy and what's unhealthy, how healthy um, coping mechanisms can turn unhealthy, um, and just providing you some strategies that you can use when you're coping with stress or when you're in moments where perhaps there's chronic psychological stress going on. Um, It's been a really interesting experiment because as I coach, I always find that there's some layer of coping involved. And, you know, typically for our society, it is negative coping mechanisms. We often flee from the stress or we mask it, right? Like we don't want to feel it or let ourselves feel it. And so we oftentimes will cover it up with something that's probably not the healthiest. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. And so The whole purpose of doing work when you are working with coaches and therapists and we're like, we've got to do the work, it's stripping back the veil to say, okay, how am I coping with stress? Let me become self-aware and figure out, am I more on the healthy side of coping with stress or unhealthy coping with stress? And either way, are the ways and the strategies I'm using to cope with stress helping me proceed forward to solve this for my life? Otherwise, folks, we end up in a rut. And if we are leaning on the unhealthy side of coping with stress, those have cascading effects that are only going to make it so much worse. So let's just start from here. Why is it important to learn to cope with stress? Um, 
I'd say that coping usually involves adjusting to or tolerating negative elements or realities while you try to keep your positive self-image and emotional equilibrium, right? It's you're coping to try to make life changes. Your coping occurs in the context of the life changes that are perceived to be stressful. And so you're, you're working to cope. Hopefully you're making progress to solve, but there, this could be, you know, grief. You may have lost somebody. So you're in a coping period. And so psychological stress is usually associated with negative life changes, such as losing a job or a loved one. Um, it could be just going through chronic stress that you have during a burnout in your life, or maybe you're being pulled in every direction. You're constantly being asked for things and you're just feeling overwhelmed. That can also be a psychological stress. However, all changes require some sort of adaptation, even positive changes such as getting married or having a child or moving can be stressful. Changes are stressful because changes require us to adjust and adapt and experiencing too many changes within a brief period of time often creates the idea that we aren't in control of events. And you know, being human, when we lose control, that again creates another surrounding area of stress. And so this perception contributes to low self-esteem and it may even contribute to development of anxiety or depression. And in some cases, Physical illnesses may develop or get worse when a person's capacity to adapt to change is overwhelming and too by too much change. So coping involves adjusting to usual, de unusual demands or stressors. So let me repeat that. Coping involves adjusting to unusual demands or stressors. This requires giving a greater effort and using greater energy than what's needed in the daily routines of life. And so um, prolonged mobilization of effort can contribute to elevated levels of stress-related hormones and to eventual, eventual physical breakdown and illness, a.k.a. burnout. So... Stressors that require coping may be acute, like moving into a new home or experiencing the onset of marriage problems. Stressors also occur that are of longer duration or chronic, such as chronic pain, chronic illness, long-lasting financial problems. And so the effect of many acute stressors that come within a relatively brief period of time may um, be cumulative and very profound. Those who experience a marital separation, the death of an aging parent, the change of a, a job within a brief period of time may struggle to maintain their physical and emotional health. And so we, we want to be able to have these coping strategies um, because they're very important, but we need to often think about what are the unhealthy coping mechanisms. Let's talk about those first. It's the, these tend to be the ones that when I am coaching, one out of every three people, actually, I'm going to backtrack there. One out of every two people have an unhealthy coping mechanism. We understand coping mechanisms are important, but again, one in every two people that I work with 
have an unhealthy coping mechanism. And so these tend to be completely avoiding the issues. So um, though this might feel like an easier way to deal with current problems, it pushing back your issues will ultimately find a way of reaching the surface again, possibly as a trigger. I did this very thing when I was um, dealing with my burnout, especially in 2021, when I started to feel all of the new jobs and the new clients and the new stress. And I had all of these changes and I was training for three marathons back to back. I was avoiding dealing with these current problems. I was just like pushing them back. I'll deal with them later. I'll put these clients on a list and I'll reach out to them later. But they surfaced in the London Marathon, which I've talked about so many times, hysterically crying. They surface and they surface again and again. So like my body was trying to tell me that something was wrong. And finally, you reach that point where you have complete... um emotional and physical breakdown, which is my ear blowing out and losing hearing. And so avoiding the issues is a typical one that I see where people are like, I'm fine. If you hear yourself saying, I'm fine, everything's good. I'm just a little busy right now, but I'm okay. We generally as humans are never okay or fine. We're either really well, we're growing, we're busy, or we are overwhelmed, we're suffocating. There is a more specific word that we can use. And so I often am always listening for folks that say, I'm doing okay, or I'm fine. This will usually lead me to find out that their unhealthy coping mechanism right now is avoiding the issue. So that's just one. Another one to be aware of is sleeping too much. Very similar to avoiding issues, this is another distraction that might feel better in the moment. Your body needs rest, but also requires physical movement as well. And so a lot of clients will tell me that they're sleeping a lot more. They're having a lot harder time getting up in the morning, so they no longer do their morning movement. They're starting their days. They're getting up right before work starts. They're sleeping till 8. They're going to bed earlier. Um, But while sleep is great, sleeping too much isn't great, right? Like we can't sleep our whole weekend away. We must get up and move. And so if you're sleeping too much or you feel like you are needing to sleep too much, this is typically a way that you're just um, putting a Band-Aid over a deeper issue. So we just need to recognize that. I'd say one of the biggest ones, oh my gosh, is excessive drug and alcohol use. And drugs is not saying like they're out doing heroin. (laughs) Drugs can be using prescription drugs, um, overusing stimulants and depressants to help to numb feelings. Um, Alcohol use also goes hand in hand, um, whether we can consider marijuana, we consider whatever it may be. But any stimulants and depressants that help numb feelings, pains, and subside negative thoughts are actively being avoided, right? You are actively putting a Band-Aid a like mask over you and you are covering up something. The sad news is is it's going to be there again the next day. And you are also probably going to be moving yourself more towards severe health complications, addiction. Gosh, it could go even worse into overdose and death. Like excessive drug and alcohol use is something that has a very slippery slope attached because, um, 
what's happening in the body is, is very profound. And the thing is, is that not only are the problems still there, but you then have to deal with some of the physical effects. Like you might be drowsy, you might be hungover, um, not as alert. And so this is going to com compound your anxiety and, and depressive symptoms. Not to mention that there is a pretty decent correlation to starting to tap into using these things more periodically throughout the day if the stress gets super worse and is not managed and taken care of. So this is something where we would definitely consider an unhealthy coping mechanism that you just want to think about, like, are you coming home every single day after a bad day at work and medicating in some way, shape, or form instead of dealing with a decision that needs to be made in which you might need to change jobs or look for something else or confront this stressor? I'd say a really common one too is impulsive spending. Retail therapy is often as simple as purchasing small trinkets, gadgets, clothes, right? But it can lead to severe financial problems. Um, not only that, but it can also become sort of one of those secret isolation activities that we end up doing as um, alcohol and drugs also end up. So we start to isolate, which is another depressive cap uh, component that we don't want to be doing, especially when we're trying to pull ourselves into out of a, a rut or out of a super um, tough time. So really keep an eye on impulsive spending. I always um, listen closely when I'm coaching with clients. Um, when they say, when X happens, I want to go spend. Or if they have this fleeing moment to go and like shop on Amazon or something like that, this is a perfect time to be like, is this an unhealthy coping mechanism sort of creeping in? Um, and then one you might not realize is eating, either overeating or undereating. Um, your body obviously needs nutrition and fuel to function throughout the day. Anything over or under the recommended guidance, like that you're normally eating, if you start to realize that you're eating like one meal a day suddenly, and this is going on, or you're overeating, you're emotionally eating when something happens, I run to X, um, that is when you want to really tap in to say, Am I coping with stress in an unhealthy way? So this is just a few of the unhealthy ways that I kind of wanted to bring up today. Um, and, you know, I think that it's super difficult. We tend to revert back to unhealthy coping me mechanisms automatically. Um, especially if we've had one in the past. We're all predisposed to relying on negative coping uh, skills, actually. So it's really important to check in with yourself routinely to determine if you are employing healthy coping skills. Because, um, again, we have an innate response to want to go back to negative coping skills because they feel better. They usually enhance our control. And they frankly um, can give us like dopamine, uh, a dopamine lift or, um, you know, stimulate 
in a moment of a really tough time or stress that needs to be managed. So if you notice yourself feeling anxious, depressed, or just having a difficult time, um, you want to start to utilize methods that are going to actually help you address your mental health challenges and the managing the stress more long-term instead of masking it. And so sometimes I like to refer to this as like just coming up for air. So if, if you are using a negative coping mechanism right now, if you can just tell yourself, okay, for one month, I am not going to leverage overeating or I'm not going to spend or I'm not going to use alcohol when I identify my stress to, to cope with the stress. Instead, I'm going to go through a couple of these that I want you to try. First, it's facing the problem. You need to focus and identify what is making you feel this way, and then you need to find solutions that will help overcome it. Um, some solutions could be, uh, attending a meeting. Um, it could be starting to look for new jobs. It could be creating, it cre having a creative outlet. It could be getting a little passion business going while you struggle through your job. It could be, um, creating sort of a vision path. It could be going back to school, Whatever it is, I want you to sit down and I want you just to brain dump some of the problems that are making you feel this way that results in that unhealthy coping. What is it that makes you feel this way? When you identify those things, then you are one step closer to being able to solve it. It might be one thing. It might be seven things. I remember when in 2017... Um, I had a million things feeling like they were changing at one time. We moved from Florida to Chicago for a new job. So I was moving across the country. I was changing jobs. I hardly had any time in between to adjust. Literally got there on a Friday, started my new job on a Monday. It also came with moving away from my, from my son temporarily, right? It, I wasn't near family. I had no friends, no social connection. Um, and I felt like I was completely starting over. So while on one hand, this was super exciting for me, um, on the other hand, it was a lot for my system to handle. I unfortunately, like I always do, settled into the grind and I didn't focus on what was making me feel this way. So like while I was super overwhelmed, I, I knew that I had had all these changes, but I didn't really settle in on finding solutions. Um, and so, of course, my body responded in a crazy rash um, around my face. That was a, like a form of shingles. And it was kind of a stopping point for me to be like, okay, I need to get some solutions in place. And so what I first did was I started to get, um, a workout class going again. 
Um, that was one simple solution. I then could go and talk to people. I ended up meeting a really, really nice girl who also ran. And so this was me getting back into running again, having a connection, being able to stay connected again, felt good. You know, it felt like I was regaining some normalcy in my life. And so it is super important for you to dig in what's making you feel this way. I know that I've also given the tip before of like, really listen to all of the things you're complaining about because those often are huge indicators on what might be making you feel this way. If it's obvious like you're going through grief, you still need to figure out what solutions are um, because that's a really tough one. But could you be going to groups, meetings, connecting more with those that are still around you? Uh, maybe it means moving closer to family. So facing the problem is key. Um, I would also say uh, making sure that we have, again, connection. We're talking to trusted family members and friends. Um, this is a great time to have coaches. Um, this is a great time to have therapists um, because we can help you dig into some of the things that you're suppressing just by asking you questions and helping you to uncover it. So, um, you know, that is a great place to start. If you want to loop in a friend or a family member, that's also great. I say that sometimes when you're dealing with a lot of stress um, and there are certain uh, perceptions from family members, it can be difficult to be 100% transparent. So that's why coaches and groups and um, therapists exist because we want to be able to uncover what is causing you this stress, what's causing you to lose your identity, right? What's causing you to lean into these coping strategies that might be making your health even worse. And then we want to be an accountability buddy for you. We want to hold you accountable and help you find um, that psychological safety that you're struggling with, right? So that is a really great next step. Like if you feel completely lost and you're just using coping strategies, like this is a way of trying to find, get long lasting help. Um, the other really great one that I actually mentioned as an example in facing the problem is participating in some kind of a hobby, a sport, or an activity. I know so many people that are in this particular scenario, they have seen the light of their life kind of going off the rails in what they feel like if they might be emotionally eating or they're drinking too much every night, and they lean into running. And so they get a running coach, they start working with a running coach, they might sign up for a race. The next thing you know, they're more tapped into the running community, they're starting to join running groups. But the hobby and the sport and the exercise is what lifts your dopamine naturally. And so it can be stimulating and therapeutic. Um, and it makes you also start to realize that there is a better way to cope with stress. So like, yeah, the stress is still going to be there. You've got to work that out, but it's, it's likely a healthier way of coping with the stress. Um, I think life, long lasting, lifelong learning is really starting to learn what your triggers are. Um, with substance use or mental health, it is useful to know what triggers your negative responses. 
Um, so when you are leaning to the substance or you're starting to have the, those depressive or um, anxiety-ridden moments, what are the triggers? Um, keeping track of how you feel with different situations, different people you're around, being aware on how you react will help you um, set yourself up for total success. So the triggers are super important and it is never too late to write a new trigger down. And by the way, just because you identify triggers doesn't mean you're never going to have triggers in the future. Triggers are ongoing. People come and go in your life. All of these things are changing. And as you grow, you just become more aware of triggers. And so this is a huge exercise in self-awareness and it is a huge exercise in taking your, your um, control back. So make sure you try to do this. And then, um, you know, I think just really making time, making a commitment to say, I recognize this unhealthy coping mechanism, and now I am going to try to find another way to cope. Um, so if we want to think about the coping mechanisms and the coping strategies that are actually super important and they're more on the healthy side. Um, I do have a few to share with you today because we've already talked about unhealthy ones. And if you are using those unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, what are some ways you can get yourself out of that rut, right? We can face the problem talk to a trusted friend or family member or seek kind of like professional treatment with a coach or uh, a therapist. We can start participating in a hobby, sport, exercise. We can start to identify our triggers. Once we start to do that, we become a little bit more aware of what's causing the stress. We then have a little bit more control, which will move us away from unhealthy coping mechanisms. Then we can lean into coping strategies that are a little bit more effective, right? So the first thing is, is thinking about our expectations. Are Is there a, um, an opportunity to lower your expectations? I think this happens a lot when we're feeling stress and oftentimes in work stress. Um, maybe there's a goal set or some sort of a KPI that is like, first, not even in your control. And second, um, you don't have the tools or the means to even get this done. So lowering the expectations is, is critical. So this might be you sitting down and being like, um, hey, boss or hey, team, here's what realistically I can accomplish in X time frame. Um, this will move the needle. But the, uh, the goal you've set is A, not even in my control, but it's also, you know, maybe 12 months down the line. Here's how we're going to move the needle. And these are the actual realistic expectations. I think other expectations are if, um, you know, you did just move and change your job or something like that, you need to lower your expectations that this might be a time of rest and recovery. This might be a time where you slow things down. This cannot be a time where you wear the superhuman busy badge and you continue life as it once was. You have to lower your expectations. Things don't have to be perfect. You can slow down and we have to have seasons where we slow down. So this is a really good coping strategy. If you're dealing with chronic stress or acute stress, just lower your expectations. Give yourself permission to do this. 
Secondly, give yourself permission to ask for help. I cannot tell you how many times in hindsight, I wish I would have just asked for help. This doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go get a coach or therapist to help you. I'm talking about ask for help. If you're feeling overwhelmed in your job, you cannot blame your boss and the work environment and everything else because if you haven't asked for help, this is the first step. So that is a simple thing to do. If you, um, you've got to relinquish control. And so maybe it's you are feeling super overwhelmed and you've got the um, mom duties and all the other things you might need to ask for help. Can you get your kids into a um, carpool situation with a trusted friend? Can you leverage a partner, a, sp a, a spouse, a friend to help out in some of these duties? Asking for help is okay. And you need to ask for help. This is a great coping strategy. You're starting to hear that these are kind of solution-based, and that is what makes them more on the healthy side because we are, we are coping in a solution-oriented fashion. Whereas before, when we looked at unhealthy coping strategies, we were seeing that these were simply masks to a greater, to that will these were masks to a problem, but they also enhanced the problem. These are not going to enhance the problem. These are going to help you. Um, another coping strategy, and this one might burn a little bit, is you need to start taking responsibility for the situation. So one way that we can cause extra stress to ourselves, especially in moments of burnout, is when we don't take responsibility. We don't take responsibility for our actions that have caused us to get in this situation. And when I look back in hindsight, I actually was responsible for my burnout 100%. Even when the other people around me were treating me poorly, it was still my choice to stay in the situation and allow them to treat me that way. When you change your frame of mind to taking responsibility for situations, it is life changing because now you cannot pass the blame. You've pulled yourself out of a victim mentality and you are in the driver's seat of the car. Okay, now you're in control. So sometimes we have to have a deep conversation with ourselves and say, I'm going to take responsibility for this situation. Even in the point of grief, um, I'm somebody that has a lot of health anxiety and I'd say some death anxiety. Um, and so sometimes, you know, the fear of the unknown and, and that can cause major anxiety for myself. But if I think about taking responsibility of the situation, it's thinking that, okay, A, this is the one thing we know is guaranteed in our lives, right? It's death. And so even just that small mindset allows me to take complete control back of my thoughts, which then reduces the anxiety that comes with this topic. So if we think about grief and losing someone, um, we need to take responsibility in that we are still feeling pain and we're allowed to feel pain and responsibility for grief might look like allowing ourselves time to shed our emotion, going and talking to people, joining groups, sharing our story. Like that's taking responsibility. That's taking responsibility for our actions, our reactions, and allowing ourselves to feel. 
So this is one of my favorite um, coping strategies because it's super effective. And again, sometimes we just have to pull ourselves out of the victim mentality. Um, another one to think about, we already covered when we were thinking, uh, talking about how we sort of quickly can, we quickly take control of an unhealthy coping mechanism and that is engaging in problem solving. You got to take five minutes. It takes five minutes to start to problem solve. If you can't problem solve on your own, there is somebody who can help you problem solve and that is what you need to do. So problem solving doesn't take a lot and it helps a lot. So start to problem solve and start small. This whole podcast is dedicated to 1% improvements. It just needs to be something small. Um, I think another thing when we think about coping is thinking about emotional composure, how we react, how we express emotions. Um, oftentimes, folks, we put ourselves in stress responses for things that if we could have just come up with a strategy that would allow us to not react at that level, we would have totally avoided an entire fight or flight response. So working on our composure, asking ourselves quickly, hey, is this really worth losing energy over? The answer in most cases is no. And even if it is worth losing energy over, you can move quickly to that problem-solving mindset where you can start to put some solves in place that can get you quickly to a solution, um, whether it's forgiving someone, whatever it might be, get to the solution faster. Um, I would say, lastly, thinking about distancing yourself from sources of stress. This is probably one of the ones that you're going to need to have a little bit more of a deeper ponder, but this is where change comes. We've already talked about change causes stress, but sometimes when we're feeling stress and there's a way to distance ourselves to reduce it, this is actually a healthy change that we want to figure out to a, a way to employ. One of my favorite uh, examples of this is if you are in a job and your core values are being compromised, like you are doing things against your belief system, this is absolutely a moment where you need to problem solve how to distance yourself from this source of stress. This is not only going to cause you to move away farther and farther from your authentic self in all facets of your life, but this is also a moment where we strip our self-confidence away because we don't feel comfortable in this situation. So this is a moment where you've got to think about distancing yourself from the stress. And this is a coping mechanism that is really, really, really great because it allows you to move in a way where you can rid yourself of the stress. And in the meantime, you are going to have self-awareness. So this doesn't happen again. And if it does happen again, you might, you know, we're humans. This might take a few times, but the more you practice these coping strategies, the better. They're going to help you. They're problem-solving strategies. We know that stressors are going to come up in, in our lives. and. Um, 
that is just sort of the case. So to wrap this up, I guess in summary, we, you know, we've talked about the fact that stress is here and it's going to come throughout our lives in acute phases and chronic phases. And we have an innate reaction as humans to move towards unhealthy coping mechanisms because they often will increase the dopamine we need and they will mask the feeling that we feel when we're overwhelmed and we're stressed. I did also walk through some coping strategies that can help you as you're working through the stress to problem solve for a permanent solution to rid yourself of the stress. Um, But if I think about just wrapping up here and just protecting ourselves against stress and um, thinking about how we can uh, have a more ongoing approach. It's always so important to evaluate our overall lifestyle regularly when we're encountering significant stress. Um, so if we can start to engage in stress reducing activities on a regular basis and make a lifestyle of it, you're going to actually naturally cope with stress better. And this is where I like to say, um, these are sort of elements to resiliency armor. Some people just have better coping skills. I've become somebody that has had a lot better coping skills because I have really done the work to get here. Some of the things that really help are getting enough good quality sleep. So ensuring that you have a nice solid window of sleep and you are on a consistent routine. Um, This is one coping strategy that enhances our mental health. It helps us feel more balanced and we can deal with stress easier. So this is, these are all stress reducing activities. So getting enough quality sleep eating a well-balanced diet, folks, you are going to be what you put in your body. If you're putting in a bunch of junk, a lot of refined sugars, and you're getting all these dips all the time because you have um, your blood sugars all out of whack, stress isn't going to be easy to manage. So figuring out how to have, you know, well-balanced diet, your proteins, your carbs, enough fruits and vegetables, fats, that can regulate your blood sugar all day is a super, super way. Eating anti-inflammatory foods that can help your body recover faster. Movement on a regular basis. That might be as easy as going out for a walk every day or doing some stretches is necessary. Taking brief rest periods during your day to relax or taking a few moments just to shut your eyes and sit in solitude. This is a great stress-reducing activity. Finding times to take vacations away from home and work. This doesn't mean that you have to go spend thousands of dollars on a luxury vacation. Just take a PTO day. If you don't have PTO, then maybe think about how you can work in heads down time or taking an afternoon off. But it's super important to move away from the rhythm of work. And, and even just your ongoing cycle of to-dos. Um, find time to engage in pleasurable or fun activities every day or at least a couple times a week. We've got to do what sets our soul on fire. And so find those things that you love. And then practice relaxation exercises like yoga, prayer, meditation, 
or, you know, even going to get a massage or a chiropractic adjustment or anything like that, that can just give you that level of reset. And then I'm just going to say it, um, really trying to limit your, uh, your use of caffeine and alcohol. Um, it can really, really help because, um, those two, uh, things can increase stress just on their own, especially caffeine can be, um, so prominent in anxiety. So it, we'd, if we're already nervous and we have a lot of stress, we don't want to enhance it. And like I said before, alcohol is a gateway into an unhealthy coping mechanism. So I hope you found this episode to be informative. Like I said, um, this is definitely a staple in every single coaching conversation I have as I work to help people manage their stress better, as well as just deal with their burnout and actually get them out of the trenches of burnout. I think being able to cope with stress in a healthy way too, in that problem solving way, creating a lifestyle that reduces stress naturally is just a formula for a healthier, happier life, a more fulfilled life where we can handle the stress as it comes and we can be more resilient to bounce back faster. And with that, if you have any questions at all, you know to reach out to me on Instagram at Life on My Terms Podcast. You can also connect with me via email at info at personalbestcoaching.net. Um, take a moment today, look and dig deep at what's causing you stress. What are you leaning into as it relates to a coping mechanism? And try to formulate a plan. Take some of my strategies today and put them into motion. You can do this. I will catch you next time, everyone.